Hello, you've reached another episode of the Cowboy Jeff and Andy podcast. This week, Andy interviews Brandon from the Namely 90s podcast. And we're going to be talking about music, arts, and culture from, you guessed it, the 90s. So it will be a great show. Stay tuned. I am here with Brandon, and this is our Focus on Podcast series, and Brandon is a partner in the Namely 90s podcast. Good afternoon, Brandon. Hi, Andy. Thanks for thanks for having me. You also host this podcast with Andrew, so we got to get a shout out to the other Andrew. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the other Andrew. Um, he doesn't go by, by Andy, but... Uh, only, only if I really want to make him mad, can I? Do I call him Andy? Ever? Well, he's pretty sophisticated. You know, he's a vet, uh, a veterinarian, not a not a war vet. Um, but he could get uppity at times. Well, that's that basic training. They really uh, they teach him how to be fighters. Yeah, fight. You know, going on the front lines against dogs and cats and um, patching them up. <laughs> Well, I just was thinking about the 90s, and I moved here in 1996, and this is this in Santa Maria. In 1990, I looked up that uh, Santa Maria had 62,000 people, and now we have 109,000. So that's a uh, uh, two-fold growth uh, in these decades. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, in 1990, Robert Mondavi bought Byron Winery, and that kind of kind of shepherded in the Pinot Noir craze. Um, we had a we had a, a a mayor here, and his name was George Hobbs, and and he had been around for 35 years, and he was famous for saying that we had a Mexican problem in Santa Maria. Wow. Can you imagine that? Wow. But that was old school, and we got to give him a break because he probably is a man of his time. Mm. And but it did, it did uh, cause a lot of uproar up here, and he was ultimately de- uh, defeated in 1994. Oh yeah, That's 90s. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I know you were a child during that time. Sure. But uh, but it it really was it, it was a big decade for. I mean, it was the beginning of better representation in Santa Maria. Mm-hmm. In 1994, we had new city council members, Abel Maldonado and, and Joe Centeno. And ultimately, Abel uh, won in 1996. And, and he went on. He had a, boy, he had a baby face. I remember when, I think he won by like uh, a couple hundred votes. And we, were, we figured out that he paid five bucks a vote. <laughs> Uh, because uh, he really plowed a lot of money into that campaign. Wow. And, and, uh, and then he went on to be our lieutenant governor. So it's a, it's a Santa Maria story. I like it. They were, they, were, uh, they were also against Prop 187. And that 1994 was Prop 97. It was a proposal to uh, limit the benefits for undocumented immigrants and so it was a really a racially charged year, and ultimately that uh, proposition got tied up in the courts. 
Um, let's see. In 96, I saw Bill Clinton speak. It was two days before the election in oh, Santa wow. Barbara. And uh, so that was during the Clinton years. And the 90s is when we got the Spearmint Rhino in Santa Maria's. <laughs> you know, I was wondering so, when that got established. It looks very old. I, uh, I, not that I've ever been. <laughs> not that I've ever been. I've heard. Yeah. Um, I um, was there at the city council meeting, and, and they, were, they were trying to figure out how close, you know, it, it can't be a certain distance from a school or a park, and they were really trying to fight it, fight it, and then the city attorney says, um, says we're going to fight it, and then they couldn't do anything about it. Hmm. Just, I guess, Spearmint Rhino had some good lawyers, and, but I do remember Abel, um, you know, Abel and the city council at that time trying to, trying to keep the smut out of Santa Maria. So, and also, let's see, what was the other thing? Oh, the nineties is when they closed down Toys R Us for Michael Jackson. What? So those were the good years. Those are the good years, the Michael Jackson years, uh, before it got in a little trouble. That trial was in 2005, mm-hmm. so that was not in the 90s. Right. Now, you, uh, tell me why you started this podcast. Uh, so, Name Me 90s, um, it's me and my childhood best friend, Andrew. We um, look back at... Uh, the 90s, which is our childhoods. We, so the, the real reason we started the podcast is because a, a lot of people started podcasts in the 2020s because of COVID. And, um, you know, we, we were looking for something to do together. Uh, Andrew and I, we've done a lot of internet ventures before. We've, we've, um, we started writing on blogs when we were um, oh, middle school aged, um, I think sixth or seventh grade, uh, he was writing for a blog and, um, under a pseudonym. And then he decided that he should start his own kind of, it was almost a competing like blog, um, website. And, uh, he hired, he brought me on as another writer for that. And we had two or three other writers, um, just kind of just teenage angsty rants that we did. And, um, then later on we did, uh, an internet radio on that website. Um, very long ago, uh, before things were called podcasts, it was actually live streaming radio from your own computer over the internet. Um, and that was probably early teens, and then in college, I mean, you know, like like any teenagers, we got bored and we we kind of stopped doing it for a little while, but, but then brought it back up again once we got to college. Uh, we tried doing a podcast then, um, which was <laughs> the problem was we were both busy. We were college students. Um, we we lived in different states and. Um, Andrew was in charge of doing the editing and publishing, et cetera, et cetera. And we only got five episodes out before he kind of just got overwhelmed and we didn't do that. So, um, COVID came around. Um, I, I had left my job kind of right before that lockdown. And so I had some free time on my hands. So this time we decided to do another podcast. 
Um, I took the reins on the editing after the second or third episode when he's like, yeah, I don't know if I could get this published in time because his vision was we do an episode every Monday. Like we, we won't miss a date. Um, and we were like, what do we do a podcast on now? We're, we're actually adults. Um, we can't just be like angsty teens ranting against society. Um, so what, what, what do we have in common? He's a veterinarian. I'm, uh, wine, I'm in the winemaking field. Uh, I studied aerospace in school. Um, did you have a tech background? Uh, was your family into tech? Um, I mean, technically my dad worked for Microsoft at one point, but not like in any like, uh, programming capacity. Andrew was always the one that was into, um, the programming, you know, uh, kids in the nineties, we kind of had that shift with the computers as they just like constantly got, got better with that, um, each year and iteration. And, um, there, a lot of, you'll find a lot of millennials that like currently are big YouTubers or whatever. They, pirated their their stuff uh their programs and everything back in the day because it was a lot easier to do that back then and that's how you kind of got like learned how to do photoshop and learned how to to edit and um like any any like any digital related thing probably went back to because adobe didn't have the greatest cd locks uh cd keys back in the day and that's like how we learned to to um just know our tech but you know i'm i'm a nerd uh so like i've always i've always liked uh editing films and um not not so much audio but i i got into it a little bit just from from doing the podcast uh you know andrew had always done that in the past so i didn't have to worry about it uh, i was more about like taking my camcorder around and shooting films and stuff like that um but even then i would still have other people edit it for me because uh, I was good. I didn't torrent anything. Um, or yeah, I, no, no, let me revise that. I didn't learn how to torrent things until I was at least in my mid teens. Um, <laughs> allegedly. And, um, yeah, so we were trying to figure out what do we still have in common? Cause you know, we're, we've known each other since we were three. Um, and That's a long time, long time. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had diverging interests since, but we're, uh, we're still friends after all this time. And, uh, we're just trying to find something in common. And we're like, uh, he said it, he's like, well, I mean, we grew up in the nineties. So we, we can do a podcast about the nineties. And, you know, at the time I was like, sure. But, you know, I don't, I don't remember like the first half. I don't, I don't remember up until like maybe going to kindergarten or preschool, which I was born in 89. He was born in 88. So we do have like, we did have like a, a gap in our minds, but that was one of the other things he was like, I mean, we could learn about the decade that we were kids in, like the, learn about what was actually shaping our lives at the time because you know as a kid you don't you don't know and that was the focus of season season one of Navy 90s which went for a few years it was uh, each episode was a month and a day out of the 90s and we would um wow that's interesting way to approach it yeah and we because uh, we didn't think we'd go over 120 episodes um and uh each episode started with me kind of listing off the events in pop culture uh for for that month and then i'd also do like 
um, the what was in the box office, uh, what what was on the Billboard Hot 100, or I would shorten it down to the top 25 of the songs that I recognized, and then from there, from that like intro dump, info dump, we would pick three topics and talk about that over the next. 30-ish minutes of our podcast um, and kind of and that's how the first season went and now we're in the second season it's a little less guided uh, like that it's we do a variety show and we do a deep dive uh, switching off every week deep dive will kind of focus on like recently it's been like actors um, maybe a movie or um, the first one that Andrew did was uh, on the internet, um, you know, the famous line, the internet is a series of tubes. Um, Senator, one of, the, one of the senators that was like in charge of uh, learning about the internet back in the 90s literally said that. And I, I don't, it's escaping me who, but um, that was like the big thing. And then I, I, did, I did an episode on the history of the super soaker, which, um, was, well, that people want to know about that. Oh yeah. Uh, we called it fill pump and dump. Uh, and yeah, uh, that was, that was pretty good, but we've, we've over the, over this year, this is the year of our second season. And, uh, we've gone away a little bit from that right now, just cause we're trying to, you know, uh, hit pop culture stuff as it comes out. So like, you know, we did some spooky stuff for Halloween. Um, uh, Matthew Perry just passed away, so Andrew did a, a deep dive on him. Um, you know, and sometimes, sometimes it's a little Wikipedia heavy. Uh, uh, that's that's a little problem with doing a, a every other week a deep dive. But um, I, 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 at least for mine, I do try to give it a full narrative i do try to do a story circle um on it and sometimes it works out sometimes it it seems like i'm just regurgitating the history of doctor who in the 90s um to myself uh but yes yeah and uh well i think that we had 90s day at school and and for a while it was the 80s and we have a popular 80s band uh uh, in this area, but now the nineties is nostalgic. What are there five things? I remember the, uh, sideways ponytail. Oh yeah. And, uh, uh, the flannel. Definitely flannel. We grew up in Seattle what else? in the Seattle area. Um, top five clothing items. There were jelly bracelets. Um, oh, yeah. okay. well, I guess yeah. that was eighties. Um, but there, there were these shoes called jellies. Uh, which were a big hit with the teens, I believe. They they kind of look like Crocs, but they were a little bit more sparkly and uh, definitely not as ergonomic. Um, what else? How about the grunge? What? How was the grunge up there? You were pretty young. We were young. You studied it. I remember. Yeah, I remember when Kurt Cobain died. You know, I, I guess because I, I we had to pick. You know, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. One 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 of the three. Uh, when you go to elementary school, and then that's your your grunge band. Um, mine was Pearl Jam. Uh, but like, uh, I remember Jinko jeans. I never had them, but I saw. They they were baggy. Those were big big baggy jeans. Uh, was a big thing. Um, the you know just everyone had Starbucks cups. Uh, as as they got super popular in the nineties, it was kind of just like 
hey, there's a Starbucks on every corner. And I know that's like a, a national thing, but it started in Seattle. Um, yeah. Well, I think in the 90s, we got our first Starbucks here as well yeah. in the Valley. They, they, that was the big expansion. They, we also had two other brands up there at the time. And I want to say one was Seattle's Pete's. Best Coffee and uh-huh. uh, probably Pete's was the other one. Um, or I might be confusing that with the other one that's down here, but, uh, yeah, Seattle's best coffee was a good competitor, at least in the Seattle area against Starbucks for a while and then just disappeared. Why is coffee so popular in Seattle? Uh, you know, so I have a story about when I first came down to San Luis Obispo, uh, I went to college at Cal Poly. And, um, I had, you've heard of seasonal defect, def, seasonal defect, affective, affective, disor- affective. Uh-huh. D- disorder. Uh, I had where you get depressed when the clouds come in and, uh, the, the, the sun goes away. You don't get your vitamin D and I had the reverse. It was just, it was sunny all the time. And I was just like, there's no dynamic, there's no dynamic weather here. I'm, it's making me depressed. So, um, Oh, the opposite. Yeah. I I think it's Uh so, you know, Seattle area, um, it's gloomy. It, we say it rains all the time. That's not actually true. It's what we say to keep, um, people away. Um, Mm -hmm. but it is, it is definitely cloudy. Um, it's, it's not always bright up there. Uh, you need something to brighten your day and wake you up. Um, I'm personally not a coffee drinker. I don't understand it. Um, but I know a lot of people that, um, there's just something cause there's just something about coffee, the right roast and the, the perfect blend. And, uh, and then they, you know, put whipped cream on top of it and say, Hey, it's coffee. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like wine. Uh, yeah. It, it's, it's all good until you see them put an ice cube in it. <laughs> Now, uh, so I, we talked about, uh, you know, your experiences and maybe you can, you know, you've studied all the, the kind of the pop culture. Maybe we could run down some of the maybe top five movies, um, TV show, and maybe a few bands. What, what really, uh, what really impacted you? You know, I was putting these lists together and I put, Uh I made top five just in general for myself. Uh, like over time, but then I was like, no, I'm uh, I'm coming on for naming '90s. I should re reframe it into the '90s. Um, so like, and then for the '90s movies, I'm like, I feel like these are really cliche picks, but there's just like these seminal films in my mind f- that shaped me in the '90s. And uh, let's start with Jurassic Park. Um, it, it didn't just shape me; it shaped filmmaking in general um the tech, their, that was a lot of new technology mm-hmm, the first use of uh cg like heavy cg in to blend it in a, a seamless fashion um like they tried <laughs> they tried before oh boy did they try um but jurassic park was like it done right for the first time um, i remember the polar express was uh yeah, we watched that every year uh, and... uncanny valley there <laughs> it's, it's a little I can't that one that one I can't do. It's a little he's a little too smooth. A little freaky. Yeah. My brain doesn't like it. Uh speaking of uh my brain making things weird, Fight Club. 
Um, okay, I have not had the stomach to watch that. Fair. Um, but, you know, uh, it's great performances. Uh, the ending has the Pixies play uh, Where Is My Mind? And it's... Um, the first time you watch it, it kind of just shattered. Well, I mean, again, this is cliche, but I'm just like, it blew my mind the first time because of the twist and, uh, I won't spoil it, but it's, okay. um, it, it, it does shatter you a bit. Um, Shawshank Redemption made it on the list. Uh, we just oh, watched yeah. it uh-huh. for another podcast that we were guesting on and I had forgotten how much I enjoyed that movie. Um, it was a, it wasn't a big hit in cinema because Pulp Fiction had also come out, I I think like a week or two before. Um, but TNT bought the rights to the to Shawshank and they played it on repeat every single weekend for the entirety oh, of the nineties. Uh-huh. And wow, I think I remember that. Right, and you couldn't you couldn't turn on TV and Shawshank wasn't on. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a great film. It's one of the only examples of. Uh, two guys in a film having a friendship that's not related to cars fighting uh or women (laughs) and Uh and, uh showing men in a more authentic way yeah Uh, or just like a positive a positive friendship between two guys um and yeah uh but also pulp fiction is on my list Uh because yes of course tarantino classic um non-linear storytelling uh it, it speaks for itself and then my final pick uh might might be out of nowhere but i really love empire records uh, huh yeah what could you give us a summary on that one okay so empire records is kind of a cult classic from i want to say 96 ish um it's about these teens that work at a record store and um Liv Tyler's in it Renee Zellweger's in it um and they all just have their own kind of story meandering story that uh culminates in them trying to save the record store from being uh sold to a corporation man because the corporations were evil in, in the 90s um and um yeah they they're trying it, it's it's just like a slice of life in the day of these record store employees. They're all like teens going off to college or 20 somethings burnouts. And it's all, there's a famous eighties uh, pop star who's kind of washed up coming to do a record signing for uh, a bunch of uh, old lady fans. And, um, the, you know, the, the teens the teens that run the record store are too cool for him and um it's it's uh i wish i had a better summary but it's just like it's a day in the life of a record store it kind of romanticized like music and 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 um being just being in that culture you know uh, of of the 90s and uh listening to music and um really just experiencing life uh as easygoing um, teenage record store employees without a care in the world. I remember uh, the music industry has changed so much. I uh, remember being in college and you didn't go to the mainstream record store. You went to the independent store Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's, and, and there was this whole, it was really that DIY culture and we were having bands playing in living rooms and 
And uh, so I just kind of, you know, there was a model there where, where musicians could make a living and, and with these independent record stores. So it's, it's changed quite a bit with streaming. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't like, I don't like what streaming music has done. I like that it's, it's allowed people to, to access more than they had before, but also I'm a fan of like having a physical copy of my music, even like even a digital physical copy of my music, because then I know it will never go away. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on. What about the TV shows? We got Friends, of course. Mm-hmm. Friends is on there. Seinfeld. Uh, ooh, uh, I I should have put Seinfeld on there. I put Frasier instead because I just finished uh-huh. binge watching Cheers and Frasier. I, I heard your programs on those too. I really enjoyed those a oh, lot. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I had The Simpsons because uh, uh-huh. 90 Simpsons is peak Simpsons into like maybe the early aughts. Um, and then I have two curveballs. One is a early Nickelodeon show called The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Um, it was kind of like my first indie indie experience because they had um, like Iggy Pop was like a character's dad on on the show. And, oh my uh, gosh! They had like the B fifty twos had like random guest roles, and um, Adam West was the the principal of the school for the kids. But it's like it's this weird um indie esoteric like they they live in this city in new jersey the suburbs of new jersey and um the their two brothers both named pete one's like a little younger uh like elementary school age and the other one's like high school age and um the younger pete's uh, always trying to get into trouble and the older pete's kind of just like you know, normal normal high school problems. Girl, I like this girl. Uh, my friends are weird. I'm being bullied, and their storylines would converge, and then it would turn either into like this fantastical story, or um, like there'd just be like these weird. It's like Twin Peaks meets uh, the Goldbergs, I guess. Like it, it's huh. it's this weird intersection of of strange. But also like really cool, and then the intro song was the coolest. It was by this band called Polaris, and um, it's called Hey Sandy, and it's it was like one of one of my first musical awakenings because it was like early on um, that, and they did they did most of the music for the show, uh, which was really cool. And then they have like the single album because uh, they were they were formed from a different band for the show specifically and it's called music from the Avengers of Pete and Pete highly recommend that album if you can find it and then oh my uh, sorry yeah, go no ahead. Uh, if you wanted to talk about Pete and Pete I uh, was just thinking about the music um, and that whole um, that was the time of David Lynch and Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. And I really like that style. I'm watching Fargo on Hulu, the new series, and I just enjoy. But I, as I, as you're jogging my memory, is that was real a, hey, a real heyday for, for that genre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Blue Velvet. I, I don't uh, know when that movie was, but uh, not off the top of my head. We'll have to look that up. Okay, go ahead with your fifth. Uh, my fifth was Farscape, which uh, not huh. not a lot of people know, um, but. It was this uh, sci-fi show. Um, it was on the Sci-Fi Channel, but I think it was originally shot in like Australia uh, for the first season or two. Um, but they used um, Jim Henson's Creature Company 
um you know the muppets creator so uh-huh. like i think i remember that yeah yeah so they had like the all the aliens were practical effects um and then uh like the premise is this uh, nasa test pilot gets sucked into a wormhole and shot out on the other edge of the galaxy where uh there's kind of like a interstellar war or a, a civil war or something and uh he gets taken aboard the ship full of a bunch of rogues and uh they i don't even remember what the what the premise was other than they're just trying to survive and uh, stick it to the man and he um the main characters were played by ben browder and claudia blackwell and uh, she was like a human looking person and they had like a nice on-screen chemistry romance thing um and the the main character michael crichton no was his name actually michael crichton his last name was crichton might have been john crichton uh but uh but like he was sarcastic and like he he had like the kirk energy the suave kirk energy from like the original series of star trek but like in 90s mid to late 90s terms um instead of you know punching a woman in the face and kissing her but still uh, like kirk did in a original uh, series episode but yeah for for my sci-fi side i, I wanted to throw in farscape because it's it's a good watch okay well let's move on to music you mentioned pearl jam and mm-hmm. i i remember that snl when they were in snl and i just was like whoa and it was just really uh i hadn't seen them and was so impressed with that performance yeah that reminds me of the first time i saw the nirvana unplugged the mtv unplugged with nirvana Uh and it was just like wow the these guys are amazing um and can really create atmosphere with their music um Oddly enough, Nirvana not on my list because not on your list because Pearl right. Jam because Pearl Jam's on there. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, you can't pay, you, you have to be loyal. Yeah, um, uh, but no, I, I mean I love I love Nirvana too, but Pearl Jam has has obviously for obvious reasons more albums and music to listen to. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Pearl Jam, um, you know uh, that's my only grungy one, uh, which is. I don't know if that reflects poorly on me for being a Seattleite and only having one grunge band in my top five nineties band. I think that's all right. As long as it's not ABBA is the second one. No, no, but <laughs> some people might judge me cause I do have Weezer on here, but like, okay, well that they were critically acclaimed. Those first three albums, uh, were spot on. Uh, and then the, the lost album, uh, songs on black hole. Um, but yeah, I like, I'll go back and listen to maybe the first, four or five albums of Weezer which spreads into the mid aughts um Blink-182 um I you know Andrew makes fun of me for for liking Blink-182 but they were like a punk punk pop and like they spoke to me as an angsty teen uh but even early early as a child it was one of the first cds i tried to get uh i was unsuccessful because enema of the state was uh, a parental advisory uh album and uh didn't didn't get to get that until napster came around <laughs> um and allegedly it somehow ended up on my computer oh yeah um 
and then yeah, I was in San Diego. Uh, you, I heard that podcast, and I was uh, went to that Soma Club where they started, and nice. And I also read a book. Uh, it was called Sellout, but it was all about the music of that area era and how the bands, how Blink One Eighty Two took a lot of uh, heat for siding with a major label. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for so, I yeah. think it was for Enema was the it was either that one or the next one, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, but. I think I just wanted to say the album title. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, they they can't win. Either they're too popular or they're not popular enough or they're sellouts, but they're also making music that's big to a lot of people. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I think they're a good band. Yeah. Okay, keep going. Uh, I've put on Smashing Pumpkins. Um, uh-huh. Wow, yeah. I think Siamese Dream came out in the 90s, and so did Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, which is an amazing double album. Uh, 1979, um, I want to say Bullet with Butterfly Wings is on that one. Or is that Siamese Dream? But like the majority of the Smashing Pumpkins songs that I listen to came out in the 90s and we're probably off of those two albums um and just a great just a great listen to start to finish melancholy and infinite sadness um and then finally uh 90s band goldfinger um they're yeah um a little ska ska rock um their album hang-ups is one of my favorite albums that i don't like constantly listen to but can sing every single lyric to every single song uh if it's on um and i first first discovered them as any other 90s kid did uh, by playing tony hawk's pro skater and the song superman was on tony hawk's pro skater and then from there i was like okay i gotta check out this band because that's like the best song on the soundtrack and yeah well, we were, I was, uh, we were talking about other show titles and, and I was into those girl, uh, rock bands mm-hmm. and hole and Courtney love was one of them. But, uh, uh, Francis Bean oh. married Tony Hawk's son. Really? I didn't know that. So yeah. So that's a nineties royalty. That's cool. I assume that would be Riley Hawk. I guess. Yeah. I think so. Yes. And I was also thinking about you mentioned the Pixies, mm-hmm. but I really like the Breeders, and okay. which were kind of the the subsequent um, iteration. And uh, and I just saw them they in L.A. about a month ago. So uh, so it was nice to see some of those '90s uh, bands come back. Nice, yeah. I I didn't I didn't know if I could pick the Pixies since I think they disbanded in '91 or three. The last album before getting back together was ninety one, but I saw them when they came to San Luis um, two times. Oh yeah, they did come to the Fremont, didn't they? Yeah, once or twice. Yeah, uh, it was a fun show. Have you ever been to those nineties uh, music festivals? You know, I haven't yet. Um, music festivals, I feel they've taken a turn in the last five years maybe huh. uh, well, what do you why why do you say that well so like recently what's the most recent one the when we were young uh that like emo festival that they uh-huh. have in uh las vegas now i think they're already on their second annual um which everyone thought was gonna fail it's just 
you know, you saw Bumbershoot, or not Bumbershoot, um, Coachella back in the day, and it would be like, yes. oh, there's, that's a cool lineup. I would like to go see that. Uh, there's there's a good, there's a fair amount of indie. There's a good collection of of different people playing there, and then it was then it got to the point where ACDC and Beyonce were headlining, and it was like they moved it to two weekends, and the only people that go there now, at least I feel like, are influencers to be like, hey, I'm at mm-hmm. Coachella, and. Um, it feels like a lot of, at least the popular festivals have kind of, uh, devolved into just a place for people to get a photo op and not even be there for the music. Um, but like, that's an interesting uh, perspective. I haven't, I go to the folk and the blues hmm. and, uh, I haven't been to, haven't been to Bumbershoot, although I did go one time. I, I love me a Bumbershoot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. I saw a question mark and the Mysterians. It was like Ooh. some like underground 60s group where they uh were pulling it out you know that's awesome for this big festival so yeah uh yeah bumbershoot great memories there um i I saw death cab for cutie a lot um i think that's the first time i saw flogging molly in concert was at a bumbershoot now uh now you do a lot of games and quizzes Mm -hmm. and and uh you did something interesting with ai and the and the nickelodeon movies can Mm -hmm. you uh Describe what you did there. Yeah. So um, in a recent episode, uh, well, backstory, um, I, I like to have a game on our variety shows. Um, so I will generate, I'll, I'll make up a game for Andrew to guess. Either we do like letterbox quizzes. Letterbox is this um, social media re- movie review website. And they have the most unhinged reviews for movies. Any movie you can think of. And it's fun to make to to have those incorporate into either Andrew having to guess uh, what the movie is, or um, if it's a one or a five star review, or what have you. And for season two, we started out with uh, we had our Furbdon, which is a Furby Zordon, which is the Power Rangers. Zordon was the Power Rangers like guy that was trapped in a tube and we were like let's make this ai character a new character on the show uh he will tell us what to do for part of the episode uh then it takes the burden off of me for writing something for part of the episode um but it kind of just got stale after the year so in this episode that you're referring to it was kind of our final ode to ai because we probably won't be using it um as much in next year um, so I wanted to make an ultimate game using AI and, uh, an ode to our Furbdon, Furby Zordon. And, uh, what I did was I took, uh, the game was, um, I always give them weird names too, so I can't remember what the, it was actually called, but, uh, trying to, I was trying to get Andrew to guess whether the movie, rev- whether the movie, that uh sorry whether the movie that i was asking him about was real or made up by ai and uh i was basing it off of there are three nickelodeon movies from the 90s uh harriet the spy good burger and the rugrats movie and uh, then i had ai generate five more movies um from the 90s uh that were nickelodeon properties and um 
AI came back with five synopsises, synopses uh, for for these five movies. Um, I think there's like a Hey Arnold, Wild Thornberries, Aureal Monsters. And then I said, from there, from those five films that you just imagined, can you write one-star letterboxed reviews for them? And it was like, sure, no problem. Here you go. So the game was I read him the one-star letterbox review for either the real or fake movie and then told him the title of the movie. And I asked, was that a real movie, a real 90s Nickelodeon movie, or uh, generated by AI? And surprisingly, he did pretty well. I think he got seven. Four or, out of five. Yeah. Or what? Uh, seven, or eight, seven out of eight or something, something to that extent. And because... Um, like I said, we've been playing with AI for this new season a little bit during our variety shows, so you can start to see the cracks in in the the chat chat GPT three point five. Um, but yeah, we we like to we like to this year so far we've we've had um, we've asked it to generate like de- a debate topic for us or. Um, just something to talk about uh in our variety show episodes um maybe generate a game uh usually i i i curate the game stuff myself but it's fun when ai can help now you also have this uh what do you call the 90s minute or what's that uh so i think it was after our first year or so uh, we, uh, I started generating something called, uh, or not generating, I started writing a comedy bit I called Namely 90s Minute, which is where I um, try to summarize a film from the 90s um, that is relevant to something that's in the algorithm right now. Uh, we just recently did Fargo. We, as you mentioned, Fargo um, mm-hmm. is on Netflix. The, I think the fifth installment just came out on FX or is starting yes. to roll out. And uh, I'll try to to summarize a movie in a namely 90s minute, which is not a minute. Uh, right. Yeah, more or less. More or less. And um, yeah, it's it's a fun little bit. I you know uh, some of them are more like factual. Uh, some of them I get to have fun with. Um, I you know there's only so much comedy you could do in a minute. So, but I try to like. The cliche thing, or like the the standard the standard things about a namely '90s minute is I will list the actors that I recognize from other things as their actors as their actor role from other properties. Um, I will, you know, take you through the story, uh, see if you could follow me. I talk really fast and don't yeah, take a breath. Do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and what are your plans? Uh, you're doing something special for the holidays. Oh, yes. Um, we are doing the 12 Days of Christmas specials, which this is our fourth annual 12 Days of Christmas specials. We, from January, or sorry, from December 21st to January 1st, uh, those 12 days, we will be dropping a new episode of Namely 90s daily where we bring on guests uh, from the podcasting community and. Um, each day we'll have a new guest talk about a new uh, in episode of 90s television that's Christmas themed or holiday themed. Um, there's a lot of 90s TV shows that were like, let's do a Christmas episode or let's do a Hanukkah episode. And there's 
like maybe one or two that did a Kwanzaa episode and um, we have some returning friends. We have a lot of returning friends this year, um, but we oh. also mm-hmm. um, we also have some new uh, new podcast guests, which Andy, you are one of them, I believe. I'm doing it tonight. Yeah, you're recording with us tonight. Uh, you're going to be on the episode on the 30th of December, uh, which is um, a Saturday. But yes, you, you're you our number 10 episode. Um, we're going to be watching the an Animaniacs episode, um, which... I didn't realize until ready, uh, until uh, trying to schedule this episode, they don't have episode titles. They just have episode, uh, or they just have titles for the the sketches within uh, the episode. So we're doing a Christmas plots and uh, little drummer Warners, and yeah, um, it'll it'll be fun. Uh, the the second half is definitely uh, musical inclined and. Um, you know, I, I tried to get Andrew to watch the Animaniacs when they rebooted in 2020 because they had like this was, yeah. Jurassic Park commercial, uh, and it's on Hulu. Um, but yeah, it, now I get to force him to watch the Animaniacs. Uh, now, uh, and so you've done. I mean, I'm I'm impressed. You said you've done over 200 episodes. Yeah. So um, uh, between these specials because we do the specials the specials was an idea to get back to the community the podcasting community and uh have other podcasters come on to kind of be like hey this is um check their stuff out and uh then kind of like a a holiday present to our listeners um for those 12 days but 12 days times four is 48 uh our our actual Uh. our actual episode count is um we as of this recording, we just dropped 100, our 182nd episode. But if you factor in all the specials, we're somewhere in 220s, I think. Um, so, yeah, uh, more than the three or five episodes we did on our last podcast, right? Uh, well, we were... What do you like about podcasting? You know, the thing that I've enjoyed most is uh, I get to set aside an hour, hour and a half a week um, to just hang out with one of my closest friends from uh, since I was three. Um, and that's the sappy answer. That's that's the one that I usually give out. But the other thing is I, I really enjoyed just connecting with other podcasters with these specials. Um, the, the first year we um, had on this guest or these guests from uh, the UK and they had like a similar mm-hmm. uh, retro nostalgia show. They're called the insanely dangerous retro pod show, but they, their episodes are like two hours long. Uh, they were the complete inverse of us, but um, you know, we started doing collabing with them and we now send them like a weekly bit for their show called quotely nineties where they guess where we send them a quote from something we're going to be talking about uh, down the road and they have to guess what the what the movie is, and or TV show or or song, and um, they're actually really good at it, which is kind of insane because they started doing that for us now too once a month, and I think we're doing like a point maybe fifty fifty uh, guessing correctly, um, but yeah, uh, so stuff like that where we get to connect with them, and uh, we've had that. 
they are a four-year staple on the Christmas specials, and then one other, which is a very special podcast. Um, Patrick from a very special podcast uh, has made time for us each year uh, to to come back, and and he was our first interview, like our first anyone coming on the show for the first time. So it's cool to see to to reconnect with him and see what he's doing, and just like all of our friends that we've made. Uh, in the podcasting community with these specials. Yeah, it's quite a, it's a creative outlet. And, and also I love to learn and I know you're studying every week, watching uh, every friend's episode and you know, uh, that must've been fun. Yeah. Um, going, going through all of Frasier and Cheers, not, I mean, that was more for just like my personal, uh, idiosyncrasies because the uh-huh. Frasier reboot was coming out, but I was just like, oh, yeah. you know, I could turn this into an episode now. And Andrew just has to sit there while I talk about it. He's a captive audience while you talk about Frasier. Exactly. Indubitably. (laughs) Well, great. Uh, Great, Brandon. And uh, all of my listeners, please, it's uh, the podcast is called The Namely 90s. And I'll I'll put it in the link as well. But I I really appreciate you bringing on you being on. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for having me. And thanks for coming on our show. Yeah. You've reached the end of another Cowboy Jeff and Andy podcast. My special thanks to Brandon from the Namely 90s podcast. I can be reached on Facebook at Andy Watson and we're on Gmail at Cowboy Jeff and Andy at gmail.com, all lowercase. So we'll see you next week. Bye bye.